They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast, the most valuable podcast in the wrestling podcast community. I am Ron Pashery, columnist for TJRWrestling.net, here with my good friend. Mr. Wednesday Night Live, the voice that runs the place, or what is it, the voice that, I don't even know. You got it right. I've been doing so many nicknames these last couple weeks. Well, I'm the only one that matters. (laughs) The voice that runs the place, Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd, resident European champion, and welcoming back to the show. After a few week hiatus, after some inclement weather kept you off the show last week, Ek to Fly, Eric Trembicki, welcome back. I'm just wondering, your best friend doesn't matter? Mm-hmm. Your what? best friend doesn't matter? My best friend my, my names don't matter? That was definitely not a reference to you. Okay, I just, <laughs> just wanted to make sure. Make this Good friend of the show, Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd, had like a hundred new nicknames <laughs> when I had him on last week. You put him over too much. <laughs> that, you know, I actually really believed you guys were related when I heard all his names. <laughs> Just like you, he thinks the world So the, the no relation is a gimmick now. No, it's, it's a fact. There is no relation. Uh, TLC, SmackDown brand pay-per-view. I guess we'll kick it off straight away with some ratings. Alo, do you want to refresh listeners' memories on our rating system? Yes. If it's a horrible show, we call it a jobber. If it falls somewhere in the middle, it's called a slobber knocker. And if it's an awesome show, we call it a showstopper. All right. So, Eck, I actually watched this show with you. And young Troy. Oh, you did. You did go over there. I did. Well, he uh, yeah, came, came together last minute. Yeah. <laughs> last minute, yeah. Technical my, difficulties. I know, my, I know my best friend gets lonely. <laughs> he kept telling me to come over. Separate, separation anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, so it was myself, Eck to Fly, and Troy. Eck, what was your rating of the pay per view? I give it a give it a just a I guess just an average show. The average show, you give it a slob- uh, showstopper. This is a slobberknocker. Really? Or, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, slobberknocker. Yeah, right. slobberknocker. Really? Sh- showstopper would be the above, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Slobberknocker. Well, Alo, how about you? Um, I gave it a high slobberknocker. I thought it was great. And you guys know I hate the TLC pay per view as a whole mm-hmm. and these gimmick pay per views. I hate them as a whole, but this show was like real entertaining. Like I hate chairs matches. That chairs matches was kind of entertaining. The main event was awesome. I I, I can't. Speaking enough about that, it, James Ellsworth didn't ruin it for me at all. <laughs> there, there are some things that, I mean, I thought overall they did a good job with the show. They're just, I don't know. There wasn't, by the end of the show, I wasn't overly excited for the following Tuesday. Uh, matches and in-ring work was good. I just thought a lot of it seemed uh, pretty predictable. Uh, I mean, I think there'd be a little bit of a surprise maybe in one match, but I think almost every match happened as I expected. So, I, everybody knows it's going to take a lot for me to give out a showstopper. I think I may be the only one to not give one out yet, correct? Yes. Didn't you give Battleground a showstopper? You know what, maybe I did, because we were there, right? We were there. Alright, it's possible then that I did. But I, I think this was a on the high end of the, uh, the slobber knocker. I thought it was a good show, I thought the matches were good. I thought some of the matches made really great use of the stipulation, mm-hmm. um, and a couple matches actually surpassed what my uh, expectations were. So yeah, I'd go. It's a high level slobber knocker. I, I enjoyed it very much. Not a show of the year candidate, but I thought it was a very good show. 
Um, so we might as well kick it off with the main event. TLC match for the WWE World Championship. AJ Styles goes over Dean Ambrose. You mentioned James Ellsworth didn't ruin the show for you, but he definitely ruined the night for Dean. I feel like this, if you're going to use him, this is the way to do it. I think I may have even mentioned on the show last week like that he may truly believe, like, I can beat AJ Styles, so he just wants to face AJ. So it was either going to be he accidentally screwed Dean or he purposely did it. Turns out he purposely did it because, as he said on Talking Smack, I beat him beat three him. times, I'm going to beat him four times now. Um, Ayla, what were your thoughts on the main event? I loved it because I hate I hate this this show as a, as a whole, and I loved it. This match was awesome. I love the physicality of the match. Dean Ambrose is underrated in ladder matches because he really shines in ladder matches. His match with Seth at Money in the, at Money in the Bank. I love hearing that because you knock him almost every. I don't, I'm not because I said Dean Ambrose doesn't really do anything for me. I, like I, I see why people like him, but he just doesn't do anything. And all the heat that Roman gets. I, I kind of like Roman more than I like Roman more than Dean. Like Dean never really did it for me because the only time he's actually product good to me is when he's facing Seth. But Dean, Dean's very underrated in ladder matches. Like I said, that ladder match he had with Rollins at Money in the Bank 15, his Money in the Bank ladder match when he won the title, and um he he excels in his match. Like the spots were executed well. There was it was really physical. The la- the um the elbow drop put the when he put the ladder on the mouse table and did the elbow drop. That was awesome. AJ's 450 was great. 450. That was an awesome spot. Yeah, it was probably the spot of the night. Yeah, and Dean Ambrose is always best when he shows emotion. In this match, he was real emotion. He showed, like, he he really hated AJ Styles. And that's when Dean Dean really exceeds and not that jokey Dean Ambrose. Yeah, that's the Dean Ambrose that everybody really likes. Uh, The the phenomenal forearm, you know, knocking him off the ladder. That might have been my favorite spot. Better than the 450? I I think so. I think just because... I like that he's finding new ways to use it. I mean, the 450 was awesome. Don't get me wrong, but I think it was some of it was also production-wise that it it, it looked like it came out of nowhere because you didn't see it wasn't a wide shot where you saw the whole ring. You just kind of saw him out of the corner of the screen come flying in. I thought it was a great spot, at least for TV. A um, lot of great spots. A lot there was good psychology in the match. I thought Ellsworth used perfectly. I like that even JBL, as much as he hates Dean, he was upset with Ellsworth <laughs> that he ruined such a good main event. It got over 30 minutes. Yeah. I mean, that was a long match for those two guys. Almost overshadowed by AJ's wardrobe malfunction <laughs> with the, the tear in the back of the tights, trying to steal Billy Gunn's gimmick a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if uh, Billy Gunn was upset with that or not. But I thought this was a good match. I actually really liked Ellsworth's performance on Talking Smack afterwards. Yeah. And how annoyed Daniel Bryan was. Actually, one of my favorite things was the way the show opened, how surprised they were. And this is probably going to be a little bit of an overdramatic explanation for it. But I've always been fascinated with the JFK assassination. Because there are some camps that think it was a huge conspiracy. It was the CIA did it or... Fidel Castro did it, or the Mafia did it, or all these different things. Some people theorize that there were three people shooting at him that day. But then there's also the theory that it was just one guy who was completely insignificant in life, who then just took it upon himself to kill the most powerful man in the world. And a lot of people, I think, have a hard time accepting that someone so insignificant could do something so significant. And that's how almost how they sold James Ellsworth 
on Sunday night. Like, he's nobody, but he just ruined our championship. Daniel Bryan even said, our championship is the one where you know who the champion was. It's not like the Universal title where it was handed to Kevin Owens, and you took that away from us. So I love the way Daniel Bryan was so upset about it. And I really like that James Ellsworth just didn't care. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get my title shot, and I'll just give Dean the first title shot with AJ <laughs> again. I thought it was an awesome main event. It was a great way to close the show. Um, was this was this the match of the night for anybody? Oh, yeah. W- without a doubt. I I, th- I thought it was a little predictable. I knew right when Ellsworth was coming out, I knew it was turning on Dean. And um, I was a little sour about that just because <laughs> I'd rather have been a little more of a clear finish. But it is what it is. It happened. It was definitely the best smash. And, you know, there were good spots on the card from the top to bo- bottom. But definitely the match of the night. AJ Styles may have the best body control I've ever seen because the way he came off of the ladder when Dean pushed him and he just went straight through the ropes into the floor. Like, I don't know how you don't get hurt doing that. The way he went through the ropes and straight to the floor. He's phenomenal. He really is. <laughs> that, that really is a very good description of him. Now, does this match make the match of the year board as a late entry? Because I love this. This is probably one of my fa- favorite singles TLC matches. Belongs in the, in the discussion. I, I, it was a great match. It was a great main event. There was a lot of significance to it. So. And it wasn't. And Ellsworth didn't sour it too much. It wasn't too much James Ellsworth. No, I, th- I thought it was, he was used well for what his role is. Yeah, he was and using. I the, they did a good job. Yeah, he was the AJ Lee. Yeah. Of this situation. <laughs> I just think at the end of the day, I mean, it, will it? Is it a contender? Yeah, but it's obviously not. I don't even think it'd be in the top three at the end of the day. You, could you see it being in your top three, Alo? My top four, my personal four is set. But it's it's, on your it's, yearly, so it's not on your yearly Mount Rushmore of no, matches of the year. But, my, but the five, it's kind of, that five match is interchangeable right now. Because okay. I can go back and forth with it. And, Fair enough. And I can, we can say anybody can argue it. I'm like, okay, I, I can see your point. But it's kind of what your personal preference is. Yeah. Uh, on SmackDown, AJ opens the show. He makes mention of the hole in the back of his tights, which I thought was smart. Um, it, that was all really, <laughs> really good. Yeah. Uh, he's wearing the boot, saying he's not medical cleared. It's an actual ankle injury he suffered during the match. James Ellsworth comes out very upset that he's saying he's not medically clear. He had an edge. He did. Like, he was very upset. Like I Because he, he's so confident because yep. he beat AJ three times. Well, like Dean said last week, he's drunk with power, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, He's saying that, uh, oh, another thing I loved, when Ellsworth got in the ring, AJ said, what is wrong with you? You look like you're moving in slow motion. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> but uh, he said that he, he thought the boot was an excuse. He thought Daniel Bryan was just protecting him, which I love the idea that anybody has to be protected from James Ellsworth. He started to get a little heat from the crowd. Um, and he told AJ, you only won because of me, which in a way is kind of true because he really did turn the match. AJ, maybe his line of the night was that you're, you're drinking your own chin and tonic. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Anybody says he burned his, his bridge with Dean. It's the, the only reason you're even here is because of Dean Ambrose, and you burned that bridge. He said, like, I beat you, I'll beat you up, I've beaten you up before, I'll beat you up again. Dean Ambrose will beat you up and won't know when to stop. So you're really going to regret what you did to Dean Ambrose. And... Lowdown brought this up when he was on the show last week that he doesn't love Dean talking all the time because sometimes it's too goofy. 
Dean comes out, Dirty Deeds, walks right out. That was Perfect awesome. way for awesome. Dean to introduce himself to the show. So how do you feel that they did moving this story on from TLC? Um, do you think that was Dean Ambrose's exit from the world title picture for a while? I'm not sure because they have a long time to Royal Rumble. Because the Dirt Sheets was saying that they're going to throw a New Year's Revolution in there, but that's not official yet, so I don't believe that. But who knows? Like I said, they had a lot of time between now and the Royal Rumble. But... I, it's not. It's not the end between Dean and I mean Ambrose and Ellsworth. It's not. Eck, do you think Dean coming in, dirty deeds on Ellsworth walking out? Do you think that was him exiting the world title picture for the time being, and he'll carry on with his vendetta against Ellsworth, or do you think Dean and AJ will continue? I, I think judging by the way the main event ended, he's going to focus on his feud with Ellsworth. I think that's how December's going to end. And early of January is going to go for Dean Ambrose. So you don't see AJ getting any more of Dean Ambrose for a while? I mean, Dean doesn't necessarily deserve it at the moment just due to, you know, he's got his rematch, he lost, and he's got a couple of chances. It's over for him. Yeah, I agree. Because I think if he was going to continue with AJ, there would be. I'm not looking for it at all. I'm, I'm a fan of Dean. I just don't want, like, I don't know how to take that serious. Yeah, you don't need to see him keep losing to AJ Styles. Well, no, I'm sorry, not that. Like, I don't want to see him go through several matches with this Ellsworth cat. Like, oh. <laughs> like I want him to go out there and give Ellsworth a, a DDT a couple times and call it it. Like, Ellsworth should get his match against AJ. AJ smash him, and then a week later, Amber smash him, and then just you put him on 205 Live. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't see Dean and Ellsworth having a long-standing feud no. by any stretch of the imagination. But I do think if he was going to continue with AJ, there would have been some interaction between the two of them. Other than AJ loving that he hit him with the dirty deal. <laughs> so that actually leads us to the Intercontinental Championship because Dean was a guest on Miz TV. Before we get into that, the Intercontinental Championship ladder match, the Miz versus Dolph Ziggler. This was billed as Ziggler's last chance. Last chance at the title or, or to be on SmackDown? Because he wasn't even on the show. I know. He wasn't. I don't know. So we, I guess we don't know until next week if he's going to be on the show again. But they got 25 minutes. I thought they did an awesome vignette about the history of the Intercontinental Championship. Um, I actually thought this match was really good. Yeah, it was good. A- another one where it was a ladder match that they had their spots... But there was a lot of really good psychology. Yeah. Like, it was violent. It was a fight. They didn't lock up. They didn't really do any technical wrestling. They just went after each other. And they both, like, kept raising the stakes as it went. I, I thought this was a great match. Exceeded my expectations. I definitely didn't think it was going to be a 25-minute match. So I was thrilled with this match. Eck, you're not a big Miz fan. Yes, he is. Well, I'm a huge Miz fan. <laughs> Everyone knows it. What did you think of this match? I thought it was all right. Just <laughs> all right? <laughs> the heck was I supposed to be impressed by? <laughs> I don't know that it was good. Well, yeah, cool. It was, it was a good ladder match. It wasn't the best ladder match ever. No, but how often is the match we're watching the best match we've ever seen? Was it the best match of the night? No, it wasn't. I will give you that. Well, he's I, w- been... I wasn't surprised by the outcome. So, I mean, you know, what I really got to invest in? I don't like the guy. Everyone knows I don't like the guy. <laughs> I knew he was going to win. So, uh, you know, he, he's got this match. He's going to win. 
I knew I, I knew it. I seen it coming. Because then what's going to happen? He's going to get a rematch uh, to Ziggler, or all oh, of this is supposed to be the end of him. It's not. There wouldn't have been the title flop. Ziggler wasn't going to get a seventh reign. Well, what I what I really liked about this, and Alo, you can take it from here, was that I thought the match was very good, but I thought what they did around it was really good, too. I thought the, the interview between Daniel Bryan and Dasha before it started, when Daniel Bryan basically said... I don't want Miz to be the champion. I think Dolph would be a better representative. And Miz coming out and saying, you finally admitted it that you don't like me. You don't want me to be the champion. And him saying, I wish it was you in there with me so that basically so that I could push you off a 10-foot ladder. <laughs> but it was a great setup for the match. I loved it there. Keeping the whole thing with him and Daniel Bryan going. He popped when he said that. I know. I, I did. <laughs> I love that he's still mocking Daniel Bryan during his matches. And then I thought the promo after the match was great. Yeah. Saying all the chances Dolph has kept getting has motivated me to be the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. You know, Dolph tried really hard, so he should get a participation award. <laughs> I believe he made mention of, you know, this is uh, day 19 or whatever of the Miz's never-ending Intercontinental Reunion Tour. <laughs> so what is he putting on his belt? Stickers? Yeah. Is that what it is? Is what they are, stickers? Uh-huh. And then Another. to the victors go the spoils, I win. I thought that... The pre-match was good, the match was good, and the promo was great. Alo, your thoughts on the, the latter match? Well, I think we should hand out participation awards to every other wrestling podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should. Because we are the MVP. <laughs> but, um, all right, I love this match, but the people, things that pe- my best friend, he, well, he's had a couple Coronas already, so he's in another world, mm-hmm. but... This was like kind of a throwback ladder match. They so said there was actually psychology. It wasn't full of spots. It's the psychology of Miz going after Ziggler's leg, similar to SummerSlam '98 with Triple H and The Rock going after the leg. Because the submission with the ladder was awesome. Yeah, yeah figure, I like the figure four. The on figure the four ladder. the ladder, but yeah, and the common sense of a ladder match is for the psychology, the main psychology, and the main point. Make sure you can't climb the ladder. So he took out, he took out Ziggler's leg. A, 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 a kind of a nitpick I have in these ladder matches. It's like you're laid out. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, when a guy starts touching the bell, you you automatically just pop up, yeah. and you slow down. Like that, that always kind of bothers me. Mm-hmm. But I thought the match was great. I just find it similar to a steel cage match. Yeah, and nobody ever moves in slow motion more than when you're climbing the ladder. Yeah. The ladder match, or you're climbing the steel cage. And, and, and we look down at something and get okay. It's time to get up. Yeah, I, I, re- I really hate that. And something I found real eye in this match is many times Ziggler almost won this match. Maurice didn't inter- interfere once, and this is a no disqualification match. Mm-hmm. All the other matches were disqualified. He could have easily got disqualified, but in a no disqualification match, Maurice does not get involved. Yeah, she which didn't I play found, any part. Yeah, which I found, found very odd. Do you think that was something they just decided they wanted to do? Like, let us just have a match and not get her involved? But in that case, I, I would think she wouldn't even be, because being at ringside, because a lot of times in ladder matches, valets are usually not at ringside because they, they can get easily get hurt. Yeah. So, so I found it odd that she was at ringside. But I just felt it was kind of weird. She's been involved in every finish that in a notice qualification match she's not involved. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was kind of weird. But the match was fine. It's just a, it was a bit of a throwback ladder match. Yeah. Ladder matches is what they were, are supposed to be and that's just a spot fest. How close was this to the main event for you? Close at all? No. But I, I think this was a real good match but it wasn't close to the main event. Okay. So on SmackDown... Miz TV, as we said, Dean Ambrose was a guest. The Miz just poking at <laughs> so at Ambrose. You must be really angry. Uh, <laughs> Dean saying, "I'm not angry. You've never seen me angry. I'm shocked. You know that this guy 
who this nobody did this to me. Uh, him saying you used him to get to AJ, manipulated him. The feud we all want to see now is Ellsworth versus Dean Ambrose. <laughs> and Dean says what also shocks me is people deliberately trying to piss me off. So Miz hands him a participation award. He said, you know, Dean, you tried, you gave it everything you had to win the WWE title, but you came up short, gives him the first ever Miz participation award, which I thought was great. Yeah. I hope this is something he continues to do. Did like, you hear, did you hear the Miz getting cheered? I did. Did you hear that, best friend? Oh, he had it on mute. <laughs> I had two screaming kids. Well, oh, well you weren't wrong with a gather. No, this is SmackDown he's talking about. No, he, he got cheered at TLC, too. He did. Yeah, what well, were you there? You and Derek were in the crowd. Many of the misfits were out there sharing his, sharing his name. I thought they're called misfits. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> well, Daniel Bryan comes out, forces the Miz into a match, which he is not happy about. Then makes it for the Intercontinental Championship, which Miz is even less happy about. Did either one of you think that there was any chance of Dean walking out of there with the Intercontinental Championship? No. Eh? I hoped it. I didn't did, see did it you, happening. You didn't think it was going to happen, though. I know you texted about it, but I didn't know if you thought that was going to happen or it was just a on the wish list. It's too many Coronas. <laughs> it's whiskey, actually. <laughs> uh, what did you guys think of the match on SmackDown? I thought it was awesome. That was a good match. So, I'll be the first one to say. Uh-huh. So, you, we hear people in the internet wrestling community okay. every week complaining about how much SmackDown is better than Raw. Um, right. I will not say that there hasn't been several weeks that SmackDown Live hasn't been better than Raw, but I will say, in my opinion, I think since the draft... I don't know what it was, but this was one of the most enjoyable SmackDowns in comparison to the Raw the night before. And it's funny because they kind of ended the same way with kind of a, a hopeful mid-card championship in the main event yeah. going against who you would be hoping. Like, everyone wanted Jericho to get the U.S. title, then the next day, anyone that's rooting for the babyface is going to want Dean yeah. Ambrose to leave with the Intercontinental title. I thought this was just a well-booked show, top to bottom. Even though I didn't see it actually changing hands, I just thought it was great strategy. Typically, whenever Miz brings someone out for his show, if it's not someone he's feuding with, he does typically egg them on. Yeah. And then the fact I could kind of see, I was like, when Dean's going to piss off, I'm like, you know what? This is kind of cool. You know, Aaron said the other day, he was like, oh, I wonder what Miz is going to do next with the IC title after he retains. Well, I was like, okay, cool. So Dean's, you know, he's out of the WWE title picture, but you could put him into the IC title picture. That's where he was at this time last year. Yeah. And I figured you could do something good with it. So I was like, the fact that he got a title match right then, even if it wasn't something he got to win, I just thought the, the show was booked real well. I thought the match was really good. It was a good main event, and it was two good guys to have in the main event, especially coming out of the well, paper. I don't know about two good guys. There were two good guys. I one of my favorite touches on the match was Miz pushing Maurice in front of the Loved attempted it. suicide dive. Like Loved just it. Nope, put it right in front of him, so Dean had to stop in his tracks. Uh, Ellsworth got involved in this one, got booed a little bit when he came out. Because everybody wanted to see a new IC champion. <laughs> Maurice tripped Ambrose up on the top rope. 
When Dean turned around, he sees Ellsworth on the apron, is livid, gets hit with the skull-crushing finale to dash his hopes of becoming the Intercontinental Champion. I loved Ellsworth running directly out. Oh, he knew it. Him running directly out the ramp I thought was so funny. Just immediately, didn't even wait around, just took off. Like he knew he was dead. Uh, I thought it was awesome. Was this a one-off? Is this something that we get a little bit of, Ambrose and The Miz, or no? That's a one-off. So, what do you see next? I mean, I guess Ambrose and Ellsworth are going to have something probably at least for the next two or three weeks, I would guess. Yeah, well, I know Ellsworth will get his title shot when AJ is cleared, so at least that gives him some programming yeah. for a few weeks leading into the end of the year. So, what's next for The Miz? I don't know, honestly. Well, I want to go back to the Miz TV segment mm-hmm. when, when it first started. He said, he, I popped so hard when he said, what, no, no you deserve it, Chance? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Angel's in love with the Miz, by the way. <laughs> really? Yeah. She thinks he's, the, she, she, she thinks he's the, the hottest thing on television. The matinee good looks? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, is that a problem, best friend? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I don't know what's next for the Miz because you look at, you look at the landscape of the roster. It's like in the middle call, you have no faces. In the, in the, um, exactly. the main event level, you don't have no heat. You have no baby faces. It's like... Okay. As much as I knew you didn't want to see the match again, that's why I felt like it made more sense to keep the title on Ziggler because he could drop the belt to Corbin. Corbin could get a push with the belt, but now it just makes no sense. Yeah, like, so so now I have... Cause like, like before um, before it happened this past weekend at the NXT Love event, I was like, hmm, Miz is great at introducing people and putting people over. So I thought maybe Nakamura would come and take the, the Intercontinental title off of the mm-hmm. Miz. But now I really don't know because after we know what happened with Nakamura. So now I really don't know who's next because I can't see anybody in that mid-card actually taking the title off the Miz. It wouldn't make, wouldn't make any sense. And that, yeah, they're not even built up. I don't see anybody at all. We might be in another situation where we had Darren Young and Apollo Crews back, in back-to-back months facing the Miz. Doing the, only, the, yeah, the only person I see realistically is Baron Corbin, and I just don't think it makes a lot of sense to have him with the Miz. It just doesn't make sense to me. No, he's in a race with Kalisto. Okay, Kalisto's oh, done. Yeah. At least Kalisto uh, got his right ring gear back from SmackDown. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the trunks were short-lived, as they should have been. <laughs> uh, well, I got a question mm-hmm. about the Miz from the babyface Ronald Lloyd. All right. The question is, One second. Sorry, people. My best friend's going to be real angry about this, by the way. <laughs> it's going to be boring. I haven't been the biggest fan of The Miz, but his recent heel work has turned me into a fan. What are your thoughts of The Miz possibly being the purest heel on the roster right now? I think on SmackDown, he absolutely is. I've said this for a while that he is one of very few people who gets legitimate heat. Like, people are genuinely booing him. Like, AJ's supposed to be the top heel, but you hear AJ Styles chants every time he's out there. I think, honestly, I think he probably is the purest heel that they have. The only one close is, or that might exceed him is possibly Charlotte, but... I think the Miz, as far as heels are concerned, he legitimately is this is the a full heel. roster or just SmackDown? I'd, I'd go full roster. Yeah, I'd go, he said on the roster, but I'll go full roster too. You want to take this best friend? Well, I was trying to think in SmackDown. I, I would say just against SmackDown, I would say yeah, he definitely he's got it, no doubt about it. Um, because 
I was trying to think of Alexa Bliss, but I mean, you know, she got cheered at the end of her win. At the end of the day, when the Usos turned heel, they got sent, they got cheered more than and they were getting booed when they were faces. So yeah, I mean, I hate him. So obviously he's got <laughs> whatever. Halo, your thoughts? Oh, I know where you're going with this already. Yeah, of course. He is the purest heel between him and Charlotte, but he has it the most because since he's essentially been in WWE, he's been the top heel. Everybody hates the guy, but they hate to love him. When Miz is actually booked importantly, he gets cheered, but he could also make you hate him just just that fast. Like, we, like I said, we reviewed Money in the Bank 2011. He got cheered, but even though he was a heel, he got the loudest pop out of anybody in that match. Even now, he's starting to get cheered, but he, he's so good, he could easily get you to turn on him so fast. Like, I just point out when he started Miss TV, he said, what, no, you deserve a chance? Like, that that was great because that's what the fans chant. You deserve it every time something everybody every time somebody wins. And the reason I think my brother didn't care about the Miz is because I say this all the time. When the Miz isn't doing anything important, you see him in bits. So if he's not doing anything important, you're not going to really pay him attention. Paying attention to him, you could be like, okay, why is this guy here? But when it comes to it, when it comes to actually being doing something important, introducing a guy or being a champion, that's what the Miz is great at. But the thing is, you have to keep the Miz on TV consistently for you to actually care about him. When he's doing that little stuff, bits and pieces, and you see him doing something for Make a Wish or Tough Enough or um, replacing Daniel Bryan on Talking Smack or any WWE Network specials, you're not going to care for him. You need enough of the Miz to actually appreciate what he can do. But you don't get that when he's just on TV doing nothing. He would be good as like a commentator or something. He's just not a good wrestler. No, but he's a good Intercontinental Champion. No, he's not. Because he is a good Intercontinental Champion. Really? Yeah. Okay. He is a very good Intercontinental Champion. I think we may have been trendsetters with getting people on board with The Miz. We have. Because we started back around Mania time. Or no. I guess it was before Mania. We started probably like February. Before? Mm-hmm. When? We I, we started not long after AJ got there. Yeah, because he had that Miz TV thing with the, with AJ. Because we started giving Miz a lot of credit for helping put AJ Styles over in that feud with Jericho. And I feel like it really took off. I feel like it really took off like the beginning of the summer. So you guys are like the original Miz fans. I think we, <laughs> I think we might be. I think well, we might have started that. Well, you're the original hater. Yeah, like I, I said this the other day. I Since WrestleMania 27... I was probably like the build up to it. I was like, this guy is so boring, skull crushing mentality. <laughs> like, this is like a terrible finishing move. He's trash. Is that why Jericho stopped using it? Yeah, he, he realized <laughs> it was so bad. He should stick with the walls of Jericho forever. Yeah, now we may get a listener or two that says they were on board before we were, but I do know we've We're going to get like 10 listeners that think I've I'm always, always been on board. <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward to. I've always been on board. It's just the fact that. They know what he's good at, and sometimes they, like it, you won't see him on TV or doing anything important for weeks. But it's like, okay, we got we got, we need you to get this over. Yeah. So go out there for Miss TV, and Miss is great at that. He is. Uh, the majority on. of the people I like on the current roster are heels. I know. So it's just like the one person I don't like as a heel. But I just it's it's not like. He's so good at being a heel right now, I don't like him. I just thought since the first time I started watching wrestling again, and he's running around with a briefcase, I'm like, how is this guy it was, doing? It was, it was, it was, he was so good. I was like the little girl in the crowd when he cra- cashed in on Randy Orton. <laughs> well, SmackDown women's title. We had a tables match between Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss. Uh, I thought this was a good match. I don't think it was a great match, but I think that was more because... 
I think a tables match is hard harder to build than another type of match. I love the abrupt no finish. Real, yeah, there's no. Well, you, you couldn't really you couldn't really foresee how the match was gonna finish though. That's the thing. I mean, you could kind of if Becky was gonna win, you could foresee her uh, prepping a table for a suplex. But with Alexa winning, it's not like you really saw it coming any specific way. Yeah, like it was hard to kind of take you along that story because it, like false finish, like a pinfall, a submission, somebody climbing the ladder, those kind of build the tension. Really, the only thing in a tables match is somebody getting close to going through a table, which how many ways can you really do that? Um, so I thought it was a good match. I thought both women were really good. I thought it was a good, pretty physical match. Um... Alexa Bliss, obviously now the new women's champion on SmackDown. I don't know. I believe we both predicted it yeah. last week, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Eric, were too. you surprised or were you... I wasn't surprised. No, so you expected it as well. I do think, and here's another thing I think. You you made this point, and I agreed last week, that a tables match is a good way for Becky Lynch to lose without looking bad. But I think that's also what makes these matches, they can only be so good because... It's it's less decisive than any other type of match. That and that's what kind of uh, Ayla mentioned on the show last week. Kind of like a Big Show and Cody Rhodes Intercontinental Championship <laughs> table match. That that, so that in my opinion is hands down one of the worst table that matches so ever bad. because it's like I didn't even think that could count. Like he put himself <laughs> through a table. Yeah. Like and like that just didn't make sense. No, I think Cody punched him. And he just fell on the apron. His foot broke the table. <laughs> and I, I remember, like specifically, like people jump. Like I remember, like Chris Benoit, like headbutting through a table, and like somebody moved, so like he wasn't eliminated. Yeah. So it wasn't one of those things. So in my opinion, because I like those prop matches to an extent, it's one of those things where you can't. It's hard to make a bad one. Um, the thing that I did enjoy about that match is. Even though it was sad, you couldn't. There wasn't necessarily a build to the finish. I love the shock factor. You blink, you miss the ending. As yeah, you it know, was, it was the over show, in yeah. an instant. The show was over. We went to go rewatch that match. We had to rewind it three times because people in the room like missed it. <laughs> <laughs> we did, yeah. I think we saw the finish four times that night. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was good. I enjoyed. Alexa Bliss did kind of do the old Sasha Banks NXT. I told you, I told all of you, because that's exactly what Sasha said to the full sale crowd. And then on Talking Smack, Alexa completely out of character. Oh my god! I don't know if you watched it. Or I not. did watch it, but she still owned, but she still owned Becky Lynch after. Well, she cried, and I give Renee Young a lot of credit for her realizing, okay, she's not being Alexa Bliss right now. Let me bring up Becky Lynch, so she has to start being Alexa Bliss again. While crying, she still destroys Becky Lynch. Yeah, it, it was great. A great performance from her on both the show and Talking Smack. I thought it was great. I think she'll be a good NXT Women's Champion. I don't know how long she'll hold it for, but I think she was good. I thought the match was good. Well, I told you she's been the best one on SmackDown since the brand split actually, mm-hmm. since the brand split actually started. I thought the match was good. It, it was... It was sloppy, but you have, but you can't hold them to that because it's a tables match. They haven't been in it, so they have to go through the motions of it. And like you said, they don't really have moves, really, except Becky to actually put you through a table. Yeah. I like to finish how quick it actually quick it actually was. The laugh text you during this match. I don't believe so, but okay. He said he has to stop giving a guy so much crap because the girls couldn't even pick the table up because it was that really that heavy. <laughs> <laughs> and um. 
I put in my notes, like you said about Sasha winning the NXT Women's title. She wanted to cry, but she couldn't because she would break character. Yeah. And you kind of, I say I felt for her because yeah. like I said the thing with NXT is like you kind of see these women grow up like she mm-hmm. was Tinkerbell in NXT yeah. then she she became the she became a heel with Blake and Murphy and then she came to WWE so you we've been with that journey where so I you actually feel for her and even on Talking Smack she got she got to cry mm-hmm. being be out of character but still own Becky Lynch after the fact because this is still a dream for her. yeah but that after the fact there's a good like four minutes of her like riding out. You know, out of character. I mean, I, but understandably so. Yeah, and I like that Daniel Bryan even put that over. Like, this is the place for this. Like, he <laughs> said, like, isn't this beautiful? Him being a guy who obviously has been to the highest of highs, he knows what that feels like to get that. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that he could relate to it, to that situation for her, that moment for her, I liked that they gave her time to do that. Because I, I do think, as hateful as wrestling fans can be, We'll get to that. Yeah. I Something I've said to a few people before, I almost feel like we should all wear some kind of name tag that has a picture of us as like a four- or five-year-old on it. Because I feel like if you see somebody as a little kid like that, you see their humanity a little more. Because like, a lot of people are just jerks in general going through life. But if you see a picture of somebody as a four- or five-year-old, you might think twice. Like, oh, wait, this is somebody's child. This is somebody's brother, somebody's sister. I think a lot of wrestling fans need to realize, yeah, you may you may hate some of these wrestlers, whatever. You may hate their character. You may hate that somebody's a champion who you don't like. But they're still people. And I think that's one of the best things about talking smack is a lot of times you get to see them just be who they are. And I think that gives you an appreciation for what they're doing out there. Because really, something I talk about all the time, they're going out there risking their health, risking their lives just to entertain us. They deserve to at least have our respect for doing that. So that's my favorite thing about talking smack. Um, now, Alo, how did you feel about where they went on SmackDown? They needed more time. Uh, I agree. I like she that the celebration was over immediately. Yeah. Like, as soon as she got out there, Becky's. I did like Ding Dong, the witch's champ. I thought that was great, <laughs> especially because she played it up like whatever she said. Uh, I'll get you my pretty and your NXT or your uh, SmackDown Women's Title mm-hmm. too. So she kept the Wicked Witch thing going, which I thought was good. Um, she proved that happy endings don't exist. And she even played on Becky calling her a bitch the week the week before mm-hmm. and said, this little bitch runs the whole women, women's division. I love that. That. that very short bit she got, she was great. Yeah. And then Becky came out. I like that Becky has a little more edge now. Yeah, I like she was still mad and didn't forget because you always see baby faces. They always like, they're okay for losing... They're okay after losing the title. You shouldn't be okay. You should be actually be pissed. Yeah. Yeah, and she was. She was pissed right after the match, and she was pissed again. I like how she d- dismissed, um, I forget her name, that stopped during the rampway, but I love how she like dismissed her. Like, this isn't the time. Yeah, like, I'm not being rude to you, but I don't want that microphone in my face right now. I don't yeah. feel very good. Um, Becky, I thought, did a really good job. I like that she took, where she's like, I didn't get the job done, but it just kills me to see a whiny, petulant little girl like you have the title. Uh, but maybe the best line of the whole thing was Alexa saying, this isn't the new era anymore, this is my era. <laughs> I love that. Uh, call me whatever whatever name your broken little heart desires, but you will call me champion. She's broken? <laughs> I guess so. Broken, broken Becky Balboa. <laughs> yeah, I, I do agree that they could have uh, used some more time. But in the time that JR talks about this all the time, 
like make the most out of every second you have on TV. And I thought both of them did that. I thought both of them were really good. Yeah. Well, I think Alexa was better than Becky. Becky showed the frustration, but I thought Alexa owned her in that, in that promo. Yeah. What about you, Eck? How did you feel about these two? I thought it's been good on where it's at. I saw how the – I definitely foresaw the title swapping. I have a kind of a little bit of a fear that the SmackDown women's title is going to be kind of a hot potato thing. I don't think it's going to be like Raw where it's going to be in six months go change hands six times between two women. I think within the first year of that belt, you're going to see probably more than a handful of people hold it. Do you think so? Yeah, but I, I think uh, I think Alexa's doing doing good with it. I think uh, her heel works great. Um, she seems to be pretty natural on the mic, so they should keep r- running with her. When exactly did they introduce it? It was after SummerSlam, right? September at Backlash. So we're what then? September, October, November. We're four months into it, and there's been two. So we got eight. Eh, we got eight months to go. I guess you could easily see another two or three people, you know, hold on to that title. Yeah, I would see three or more probably. Do you guys think Becky wins it back from Alexa, or do you think Alexa drops it to somebody else? I think she's going to probably drop it to to a fa- different face at some point. I think uh, she drops it to Asuka. You think so? I think Asuka comes up soon. Soon? So would you say by the Royal Rumble, will Alexa Bliss still be the champion? I can see her still being a champion, yeah. Because we, we have to get the NXT title off of Asuka, and I think... Alexa being the heel that she is, she needs to get really get her comeuppance. Because <laughs> that, that, that's how she's booked. She's booked as the Wicked, wet, the, mm-hmm. the wicked Witch. So she needs to get her comeuppance big time. And no, there's nobody better to do that than Asuka. And like I said, I, when we get to NXT, Asuka keeps saying there's no competition. The only person she has not faced is Ember Moon. Yeah. So there hasn't been any development except for the women call, um, I, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay calling her out. Mm-hmm. But whenever we get that Ember Moon thing, I think Ember Moon will get, take the title for Oscar. Uh, I can see that. Carmella and Nikki. Eight-minute match, no DQ. I thought that they were physical. I thought actually thought Carmella having the black eye added something to the match. And they both had the black tape. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't feel like they really made the most of the no DQ. But I guess they probably weren't out there trying to kill each other. The fire extinguisher. At one time, I didn't even know where Carmella was <laughs> during that fire extinguisher spot. I was like, I don't even know if she's still in the ring. You know, you know why Nikki sprayed her? Why? Because she's hot as hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. You can't teach that. <laughs> That's the thing about Carmella that you can't teach is that she's hot as hell. Uh, I love the head scissors spot into the chairs. I thought that was good. Um... It did feel a little bit rushed, though, mm-hmm. I thought. Like, it was like all of a sudden it was just over. Uh, what did you think of Carmella calling out Natty after the match? I liked it because it gave some missed, it gave some missed well information on what happened because we thought, we both said Carmella will win and um, Natty would interfere on, on behalf of Carmella. But even before the match, you know, on, on social media, Nat, Natty was with Nikki the whole the entire night before the match. So yeah. it's like, okay, what's going to happen? Because Natty wasn't, she was in street clothes. She wasn't in ring gear. So I felt like, okay, she's not going to, she's not going to be involved in this match. So Carmella actually talking about stating what Natty did actually gives a story some length to it. So it's not just over in one spot. And I like that it's including more people into the storyline. It's almost like a three-person storyline now. Yeah. And it is one of those things where there's enough reason to believe that that's the case. 
you know, if you're watching Survivor Series, it could at the same time it could look like it was an Addy, then all of a sudden Carmilla's you know shrugging her shoulders. So it's one thing to believe about. The only thing I didn't like about her doing the little promo at the end was after losing a match, the segment ended with her music playing. <laughs> I think it was weird. Uh, but that's just a nitpick from me. Uh, we had Carmella and Natty were supposed to be in a match on SmackDown. Carmella calls out Natty again before the match. Says she's jealous of Nikki. She's a deceiving con artist. Natty comes out and attacks Carmella. Carmella runs out. Natty follows her backstage right into Nikki Bella. Natty tries to say, you know, I didn't do it, but obviously she's lying. At least that's how I took it, that she couldn't even finish her sentence. I really wanted even Marie theory to be true. <laughs> Me too. I that really wanted nice. that to be true. <laughs> I would have enjoyed that I, a lot. I would have too. Uh, we had Nikki Bella with some little girl backstage. Anybody know who that girl who was? The hell was that? They made a big deal about this on Twitter. I'm like, who, who is this little girl? I don't know. And apparently Nikki's a big fan of her, though. Somebody said it was AJ Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is, is Carmella now done with Nikki, and now it's just solely Nikki and Natty? Or is Carmella still playing a part in this? I think, I, I think she's still going to tag along. Yeah, I think she's a part just because you have a three-woman storyline because Natty keeps saying it's not... Natty keeps saying Car- to Carmella... Well, Carmella keeps saying Natty did it, and Natty's denying it. So I think at some point, they're going to probably... Carmella's going to be facing Natty again because clearly they're going to have a match again. Yeah. And then apparently they'll probably have video of what happened. That's what I'm waiting for. Yeah. The grainy video of yeah. the of the attack. GTV? Yeah. <laughs> and at some point, you know, when, when Becky and... Um, Becky and Alexa's storyline finally fizzles out, you could have those three feuding to become number one contender. Right, which is good. Now, how do you guys feel, this is real quick before we move on to tag team, how do you feel about the women's division on SmackDown right now? Well, I like that there's multiple characters that actually, like, you, you see that one way or another, any of them could be in the picture. It's like Naomi's, like, the one everyone wants to be in the picture. Nikki, you're expecting to be in the title picture. You have... The champion, you have the former champion, and then you got two other heels there. So uh, I think they have kind of the stronger, stronger uh, roster over there. At the same time, with Raw, it's almost like they got two main characters and Bailey yeah. at the end of the day. Halo. I like it because I actually integrate everybody. You you can actually integrate everybody in a two-hour show. So, so yeah, Rock they're not getting all thrown out there in the same exa- exactly, exactly. But <laughs> Rock could take notes. Yeah, we'll, we'll get the raw, but Rock could, <laughs> Rock could take notes. But we also got a question about this from the babyface Ron Lloyd again. Okay. His question is: <clears throat> Naomi was recently left with a total divas graphic as replaced on the graphic by Alicia Fox, Fo- the savvy veteran Alicia Fox. <laughs> Fox is, is Fox isn't even on the show this season of Total Divas. Naomi was also has also recently tweeted about her displeasure about her lack of storyline. Do you think Naomi has a legitimate gripe? Yes. I think Naomi has a legitimate gripe for a variety of reasons. One, before the brand split, I guess it was probably more like last year or the previous summer, they gave her like slight pushes and just pulled back. Like they never pulled the trigger on her. And there were times when I thought what she was doing was really good. When she first turned heel uh, against Paige, I believe it was, that was actually really good. And they could have paid that off, but they never did. Um, they could have done a really good feud with her and Sasha that meant something, but it didn't. It really was just about, like, oh, Team Bad is breaking up. That's all it was. 
There were good things they could have done with her, but they haven't done. There's a lot more that she can do that they're not allowing her to do. And then that, as much as like I'm not a, a guy who watches Total Divas, like no uh, disrespect to anyone who does. But to me, she's on the show. How are you going to put somebody who's not on the show on the poster, and how are you going to not have her on there? I that I don't understand. So yeah, I think I think Naomi definitely has a gripe. Best friend. I mean, I think the fact that she's been with the company for almost six years now has never got really even contendership for a championship. I think she's got enough to be have a gripe about there. Well, well, we all know that the stars of Total, of Total, of Total Divas are Nikki and Brie. So, Naomi basically cemented what she's going to be being on that show because they're never going to make her important over the Bell Twins because she's on that show. So as long as she's on that show, she'll never be the woman's champion because that means she'll be the main focal point because she, car- she carries the title and gets all the, all the attention about that. Now, that whole graphic thing, Maybe they, because they left Paige off too, but they leave Paige out of everything now, even the commercials. Yeah, not big fans of Paige these days. Yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly wouldn't be shocked if she actually fails her next drug test on purpose. I really wouldn't be shocked, just just so she can get fired. She just wants to get out of there. Yeah, I, I really would not be shocked if that happens. But she's the new punk. Yeah, she just wants to get out yeah. of there. <laughs> yeah, and, and then she'll get a co- she'll go on a podcast, maybe this podcast, and then she'll get sued. But actually, somebody said something about Eric the other night. That oh, I don't geez. think I'm going to say on the show. I'll tell Alo after the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't think the listeners need to hear that. <laughs> but but they said they replaced her with Fox. But it's like okay, maybe the graphic people they put the wrong person in or whatever. But she has a perfect right. She has a reason to be frustrated because. She's 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 the most athletic on the roster. She people want to see her win. People are behind her, and she has nothing. But I think I really think it's her because she's on Total Divas, and she'll never be looked at in the same light as the Bells are. But they took her off Total Divas. But she's back season. on. But yeah. that's what I mean. Like they didn't do anything when she wasn't on Total Divas. Yeah, I'm saying she's never. The fact that she's on Total Divas that took that's going to take away from her in general. And now that she's back on there, that's really going to do it. But the place where Alicia, with the savvy vet, Alicia Fire, you know, she's a savvy vet. <laughs> got, got to put her over somehow, some way. Yeah, I think that was kind of <coughs> stupid. Like she's not on the show. Why is she? But she advertising. Yeah, but she but she was on last season. But they took her over. But she has a, she has every every reason to have a gripe. I agree. I'm a big fan of Naomi. I wish they would treat her with a little more respect. Yeah, I wish they felt the glow. <laughs> Me too. I wish they felt the glow. Tag division, Bray Wyatt gets his first taste of WWE gold, or silver in this case, with the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. I like that pun. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> I am a fan. Now, Alo, I know you were expecting the turn by Randy Orton on Bray Wyatt. I just didn't know when. I was hoping it wouldn't come yet because I, I feel like I would like to see that get put over a little more. And it seems like based on what they did that night, uh, and on SmackDown, it seems like they're really hyping it up. These guys are as these guys are dominant. Commentary is doing a, good, a decent job. They better do a decent job. There's only six people. They are in the they, match. They look really good in both matches. I thought the the tag match on TLC was fine. It was short, six minutes. Nothing happened. No, <laughs> but th- there is one point I want to make. I've made the point before about Randy Orton. Looks like he doesn't care a lot of the time. And this is slightly before my time. I remember at the tail end of this guy's career, 
but Philadelphia Phillies legend Mike Schmidt, a lot, maybe the greatest third baseman in the history of baseball. A lot of people in Philadelphia did not like him for most of his career. And one of the reasons was people said they thought like he looked like he was lazy, he wasn't trying hard. But Pete Rose has said that's just how good he was. He was that talented that he made it look easy, so you didn't think he was trying hard. The way Randy Orton moves is so effortless that I think it does come... The way he slid into the ring and hit that RKO to finish that match, there's not many guys that size that move that effortlessly. I'll tell you what I love, and I believe it was a SmackDown match, mm-hmm. and I hope it's their go-to finish. Oh, it's great. I would... And I almost... I've never been a fan of Bray, but I, I love their in-ring work together. I think he's gelled better with Orin. Well, Bray does all the work. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, without a doubt. But they gelled better, I think, than he did when he was tagging with... If he had a single tag match with... He was tagging with Rowan, or if it was a match with Harper, or if it was a match with uh, Strowman, even. I love... Excuse me. I love when he's got him set up for the uh, Sister Abigail, and he pitches him mm-hmm. right into an RKO. <laughs> That's great. That's phenomenal. It is. It's, it's a very nice touch for the two of them. I like that they have a finishing move together. Like, there's a lot of tag teams that... that like, Sheamus and Cesaro, they have teamed up for a finisher yet? Cesaro? <laughs> Cesaro, yeah. No, but I like when, when they hit, like, their same, like, finishing move at the same time. Like, Cesaro will be, like, putting them in the sharpshooter, mm-hmm. and whoever they're facing, uh, teammate will be running in. Take and the um, kick. The phenomenal bro kick. <laughs> the, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I do think that maybe I've been a little hard on or even his superplex. And harder on the bro kick. His, yeah, I was hard on the bro kick. Uh, his superplex looks... He makes it look so easy. There's just so much he does that he makes look easy. But I was happy to see Bray get his first title. I liked what they did after the match where Orton, he kind of made Orton let Harper hold the belt. They let Harper hold both belts. The way the, the pose together I think is awesome. Are you becoming a believer, Halo? Are you starting to follow the buzzards? No, but I like this. <laughs> You're not a firefly yet? No. No. <laughs> I- so... You go ahead. I think okay. say exactly what I'm about to bring so, up. I, I like because the thing with Bray Wyatt is like, I don't think he's good in the ring at all, but he's a heel. And the thing with heels is you have to do what you're going to say. And he never does anything he's going to say. He never follows up on anything. But so, that, so, not, so his stories from the jump are never good to me. They do nothing with the guy, but actually they got, actually built this guy back up in the last couple of months. <clears throat> the match was nothing, really. Randy Orton did all the work, but Randy Orton, well, the story – in general, has been good because Randy Orton. I said I've been saying this for weeks. I don't know what the hell happened to him <laughs> when he was gone. I don't, I don't know <laughs> if his wife rejuvenated him or the birth of his new child. Yeah. But I don't know what happened to him or where the hell he found all this charisma. Where he's been excellent since coming back. Even the little things with White, like you said, the way he slides into the ring effort, effortlessly and. and the way he walks around the ring, his mannerisms, they're all great, and they all work perfectly well with Bray Wyatt and, the, and, what, and how the Wyatt family works, but they work slow and methodical. That's yeah. So he's he's been great, and the story has been executed well because go, leading up to this match, the story was Harper didn't trust this guy, and then he actually sacrificed himself for Randy at TLC, and then Randy actually gives him the seal of approval by handing Harper his tag, his title belt. And then on on SmackDown, you have Bray kind of give the seal of, appro- seal of approval mm-hmm. by handing him 
Randy Orton to set up to set up, set up the kiss in this into the mm-hmm. RKO. So you can actually tell they're actually a full unit now. Even said that pose was actually awesome, yeah, I love and you it. you could tell they're actually a well they're a, a whole unit now, and that Orton's is is completely in the wife. Even I think their entrance mashup is awesome because mm-hmm. Eric texted us last night saying <laughs> they went to his original theme to, yeah. to his new theme into the or, to the Wyatt family theme, and they even integrated him in their their screen effect. Mm-hmm. So. I'm actually interested in what's going to happen. This is probably the best carnation of the Wyatt family. I like it a lot. I think it has a lot of potential. And so two things I want to, I want to say about this. And actually one of them I think I may have already forgot. Um, the first one is we, we obviously remember Randy taking the spear for Bray, which was kind of the first time when you're like, okay, maybe Randy really has bought in. Then he actually pushed Bray out of the way of some maneuver on Sunday night. I don't remember what it was exactly which led to Harper stepping in front and saving Randy. Then Randy slid in and hit the RKO. Uh, so you're right. They're, they're a cohesive unit, and you can see they're putting over that they're building trust with each other. Um, ah, this is the other thing. The longer they allow this to happen, one, the better it makes Bray Wyatt look. And then the more important it is when Randy does eventually turn on him. Like, you've talked about this before, Alo, that... Daniel Bryan was in the Wyatt family for one week and turned. If they could let this go for a few months and let them, like, they keep talking on SmackDown. Again, it was a dominant match on SmackDown. Uh, Another thing I liked is they didn't say, because this started to annoy me when they started to do it, when they started saying, like, Cincinnati, we're here. Because, like, you're playing to the crowd by doing that. I like that they just said we're here uh, on SmackDown this week. Didn't mention the city, just we're here. JBL said they'll hold these tag titles as long as they want to. I think they should do that. I'm not saying they have to go break Demolition's record like uh, the Raw tag team. I think they should make it right past the Rumble. I think they should hold it for a while, and then it'll mean something when the turn happens. And then another thing is this storyline was kind of remember when the storyline first started and and Ray and Randy Ray kept talking about the snake and Randy kept talking about Mm -hmm. how he's a snake. I could have sworn Randy said something something on the lines of. The snake takes his time and it attacks its prey. Yeah. So that's what Randy's Orton doing. He's taking his time. The longer the story goes, the better it will be. But the most the, the the most important thing about this is is when Randy Orton does strike and turn, does Bray win? Yeah. That's the important thing because Bray already has yeah. a win over Orton. And to, you've been doing a good job with Bray Wyatt for these last few weeks. And I'm that sure would be a strong put over for Bray yeah, at the end I'm, of the day. Yeah, and I'm sure for the next few, for the next for the foreseeable future, it's gonna be good. He's gonna be good too. But when that turn happens, already does Bray win? Yeah, because he gets stomped right back. Yeah, down the yeah, way because yeah, because basically if Randy Orton wins, it basically like you did all, if Randy Orton loses, he did that for nothing. I'll mm-hmm. tell you what, I swear, such the inner kid in me. But something about me not liking Bray, you know, his original uh, comparisons to Foley. You hated I, that. I, I, I hated that. <laughs> One of the I, first I, things I learned about you. I, I didn't. I, <laughs> I didn't like the whole, uh, you know, getting forced down that you know he's a potential world champion. I hate the idea of him jumping on the scene and his first title he's contending for is a world title. I hated that. Um, 
I do think after three years, he, without a doubt, deserves this championship. Um, a thing I like about it and him winning, it's not like he's teaming with Rowan and it, him and Rowan are touching their first gold or he's teaching with, or tagging with Harper and Harper's getting his second belt. This is with Orton, a former multi, multi, multi-time. Yeah, he's one of the legends of his time. Exactly. I think uh, the reason I, you know, obviously wasn't here last week, but I predicted... Orton and Bray winning because it immediately, I thought Heath and Rhino was a cool mix of kind of like, you know, a little bit of wasted talent and a 20-year veteran put together to hold the tag titles for the first time. And, you know, neither of them are going to be ever a WWE world champion past or present. But then you also get these titles boosted right away when you get it's monumental. This is Bray Wyatt's first title. You get it put on Orton. It makes the titles mean something. So whether they hold the titles for a month and lose them or whether they lose them in four to five months, it's going to mean something. It's going to put over whoever beats them, and then that singles feud, whenever it drops between the two of them, it's going to be good. Yeah, and I'm going to enjoy because it's clear American, American Alpha is the team that's going to take those titles away from the Wyatt family, so just enjoy. Uh, it's not that clear. We thought they would be the first people to hold this. <laughs> no, it's it's clear because they're actually on TV now, and that's the only team you can actually because actually pre-show buy too. them winning, huh? Pre-show too. Don't oh yeah, that. the pre-show stoppers. <laughs> but you can actually they're not Ryback. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that um, no gimmick the Wyatt, here. The Wyatt family beat them to get to to mm-hmm. earn the Monk Championship because so they still kind of have a gripe with the Wyatt family and just. How good it was! How it was so great watching the American Alpha chase them, chase the, um, the tag titles in NXT. It's gonna be like that too because this is the perfect time, perfect team to overcome the other. Because American <clears throat> Alpha beating Randy Orton, who is this, who is a Hall of Famer in by means in this generation, can will actually boost up, boost that team up. No, you're right. Uh, I'm glad you brought up American Alpha. Uh, what did you think of the segment with them in uh, the fashion police in the locker room? <laughs> so good. I thought it was great, and I don't know if I don't know how much Nick at Night either one of you have ever watched. Loved it. I watched a lot of Nick but, at Night. I missed the segment. I was in the other room <laughs> doing other family duties. But well, famous show called Dragnet. I don't know if either of you have ever seen it. It was a detective show, and no. one of the most famous phrases from that show was "Book him, Dano," and I loved when Breeze. Said when they were given the tickets, I love when Breeze said to Fandango, "Book him, Dango." I thought that was awesome, and I don't know how many people under the age of thirty-five or forty would get that reference, but I thought it was hilarious. I, I, the interaction between the two teams, I thought was great. I'll tell you what, and and again, this is just being a mark, but you want to talk about two guys that deserve a championship? I really hope those guys touch those SmackDown tag belts sooner than later. Who? Breeze uh, and, Brizongo. Oh. Yeah, Brizongo. I want Breeze to be by himself. <laughs> well, he I, I mean, match. Fandango, I mean, what a waste of talent that guy was. Well, he was supposed yeah. to be the Intercontinental Champion. He was supposed to be Intercontinental Champion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You I, know, he should just turn face and he should uh, pick that title back up. <laughs> From the Miz. <laughs> Wouldn't complain at all. I wouldn't they, like that. You don't think they could do that with Tyler Breeze? I, Tyler Breeze is awesome. Him and Miz should be a tag team. That would work. I could see it. One's actually good in the ring, one's not. Yeah, so we yeah. Well, Gable got a win. We know who's the Genetti in that group. 
I love bringing up that name on the show. <laughs> I, I know you do. Nobody loves bringing up that name more than you. <laughs> I, I mentioned at the top of the show how there was a match or two that far exceeded my expectations on this show. That match was Corbin and Kalisto chairs match. I for two guys. Well, the internet not, that's been getting high yeah, reviews for two guys that I didn't have a lot of investment in. Uh, I like Corbin I more and more every week. I like Corbin. I've grown to like him on the main roster, but I didn't care about this feud at all. Mm-hmm. I thought they did an awesome job in this match. I thought they used the stipulation really well. That they were very creative with the way they used the chairs. Uh, when Corbin set up the chair in the corner and he eventually got dropped toe holded into it. I thought it was an awesome spot. Him using his T-shirt to throw Kalisto around, I thought was good. <laughs> I love the seated senton onto the six chairs. Like they really did an awesome job on this match. The deep six, that was the awesome. suicide dive was great. The end of days on the pile of chairs, even the the double knee moonsault onto the chair. Mm-hmm. Like I thought they did an awesome job. They got thirteen minutes. I thought they entertained throughout. The right guy obviously won. And on Talking Smack, I loved Corbin. I did too. Saying, oh, this must have been a rough night for you, Daniel. Why? Why me? Ah, because you're a little guy and I lump all you little guys together. (laughs) And it looks like you took a beating tonight. Uh, But then when he said, my motto is, if at first you don't succeed, just give up. (laughs) (laughs) He really is so good at playing that jerk character. Well, he's not reading cue cards. The thing I love about it, you can't, I I don't admit... Maybe I'm just such a fan. You almost can't tell. I just think he's just genuinely a fucking jerk. He, he is. Have you seen um what's that? What, uh, breaking, breaking ground. Right, breaking yeah. ground. Yeah. yeah. But he's also inspirational. Very inspirational. <laughs> I don't know. I I really like this match. I like that Corbin got to follow it up with the, basically the same thing on SmackDown. He's such a good heel. He would do that White Intercontinental Championships. And <laughs> Alo, you agree with this? Do you think this is a good match? Did it exceed your expectations? I had no expectations for this match because I hate chairs matches because there's no objective. <laughs> like, what are you going to do? You just, all, chairs are legal. And no, there's no disqualification. You, you, only, you can only use chairs. It makes no sense. There's no objective to the match. But this match, like, really far exceeded my expectations. Like, the deep six, I thought that was awesome. Where we, we already know the match already ends when... The match is going to end when the, when, the, when a guy hits their finisher on chairs. But this match, it was actually fun. Yeah, but my thing is like I was shocked that they had they went back to this on SmackDown because I was like, okay, we're gonna do with Kalisto. He, he's not gonna be he's he's not going to be doing anything. Why he should be on Raw? We can do it. We can be in the cruiserweight division and do his lucha thing. Maybe we could trade him for Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. Yeah, yeah, actually that could be because <laughs> like, like the cruiserweight division like they're not in a great price place right now. They they, just, they brought up two, they just made two off a lot, but how much? But these guys, these guys in the cruiserweight division, these new guys benefit from facing Kalisto, who's a name, who's a name, and Neville, who's actually a name. Right. Might not have done much, but they're names. So when you actually beat those guys, it's actually a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's SmackDown and TLC both. One one thing I yeah. actually uh, forgot when we were talking about the uh, tag division. Um, just a little question for you guys to get your input. Mm-hmm. So the end of it. We all were a fan on what they did with the belts, how they both kind of put them over Harper's shoulder. What's your guys' opinion on the Wyatt family doing like the new Freebird roll with the the Freebird roll? That's fine. I wouldn't mind them doing it. I feel, I felt on Sunday night that's what they were going to do. After Tuesday night, 
I feel like they're really trying to build up that Bray and Randy are dominant and that it's going to be the two of them. But I would not mind seeing them be a three-man tag. I don't know if for TV it's, it's going to be booked that way. R- rumor is uh, due to Orton's um, new daughter that was born a, a week ago. The he plan, may have taken some time The plan is there. for live events, if they're defending the belts, Harper's going to step in. Court. Well, all right, I think Orton will always be the constant in that match. Like, I think Luke Bray and Harper will rotate. Because it's always the the problem is that the, 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 I think they're trying to hammer down is the trust between those two guys and Orton. So I think Orton will always be in the match, but in, but Bray and Harper will rotate. Oh, well, I, well obviously I, my prediction is if what I read was true. Like you said, live events it'll be Bray and Harper. Yeah. Which makes sense. Like he doesn't need to be on the road all the time at this point. So, yeah, I, I do feel, though, that they've been building it a little bit as these two guys are so dominant, not so much Harper. Um, so moving on to Raw, one thing that I noticed, and this is just an observation before we even get into any of the details, and tell me if you guys agree or disagree, I felt like the show actually ramped up as it went on. Yeah. Like they built into the last hour. Yeah, Angel actually watched the whole show with me. Really? Yeah. Um, she liked it. And there was storytelling throughout the show. Yeah. Uh, which is what they need. I've been complaining a lot that Raw has just become just like a mishmash of segments. There's a segment here, then this segment, then this segment, and none of it fits together. I think I listened to the show because we didn't see The Office. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Steph hasn't been on there in two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Now, interestingly enough, I had written that in my notes, the first note I wrote, and then I wrote something else underneath it. There was an ESPN article yesterday that said that the last two weeks of Raw have been sort of a throwback to the Attitude Era. It has been. Not saying it's as good or whatever, but they're saying they're getting back to some of the fundamentals of the Attitude Era. So you already have agreed with that. Yeah, I said that last week because they're saying things are going on th- throughout the night. You're not just seeing it just end at 10 o'clock. I mean, well, in the second in the second hour of Raw, things, there's been things like the whole Enzo thing. That was throughout the night. The Sasha thing that happened in the middle of the show, and then it also ended the show. Think the, even the Owens and Jericho and Reigns and Rollins thing. That was a thing throughout the show. Mm-hmm. It didn't go to the last hour, but it was a thing throughout the show. So and even on the, the on location spots, we like that kind of stuff mm-hmm. because because it, it shows it's us different. something. Di- it's different. It shows us different locations out in, during the night. So we got that story four or five different times during. The exactly. Show. Yeah, and that's what we want to see. We don't want to just see the same thing because like okay, I can't because. When you see the same thing, it makes you want to turn the channel. It's like when you see, when you see Stephanie's office, you're going to turn the channel. And that was my whole thing about it. So you're saying they should book the show like Vince Russo. My seven-year-old say, son's already bored by those segments. <laughs> he already knows this is going to be them standing there talking. He's taking credit for that. Really? He's, he has taken credit for that because I think he said something about his indie promotion that he does. He said he does things like that. He's like, I think they saw my show. One, I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt anybody there is watching Rocky Mountain Pro. Two, I doubt anybody there is taking any hints or cues from Rocky Mountain Pro. But Vince Russo loves to say, bro, me, me and Ed Ferraro during the Attitude Era, we used to write the show as if we were watching the television and had the remote control in our hand, bro, and about to turn the channel. So that he says they wrote the show as if they were trying to keep people from turning the channel. Turn the freaking channel, bro! <laughs> uh, the Attitude Era. That's what he says they did. Uh, so you agree with it. Eck, you feel the same way that that's kind of a callback to the Attitude Era? Yeah, I mean, that's what, it seems like that's what everyone's been asking for. You know, you get those back, uh, you know, the backstage scenes, a little bit of brawling in the backstage. Um, you get 
just like this past Monday, you get stuff that's actually out of the arena, mm-hmm. which is good. And it seems like even some of the less PG stuff that they did happened during the final hour. So maybe they're about to, and this I will give Vince Russo credit for, he's always said that 10 o'clock hour, 10 to 11, look at what you're competing against <laughs> on TV. And if you're putting on a kid's program at a, between 10 and 11 o'clock, people aren't going to watch it. So maybe they are reserving that last hour for the more, like, well, sometimes we'll have a high-end uh, slobber knocker. Maybe they're saving the third hour for a high, some high-end PG parental guidance television. I don't know. Yeah, and they're, but, actually, they're actually not forgetting things that happened in the past. Like, I'm going to yell about the first the first segment with the with the universal title and Rollins, Jericho, and, and Reigns. I'm going to yell about that, but they're actually not forgetting things. Well, one thing they remembered is that Seth Rollins is supposed to win a piece of Triple H. Oh. <laughs> I like that he finally acknowledged it. This pissed me off. Why did it, what pissed you off about? Well, go ahead. So I, go, you you two can go first, so I can just yell. Well, I thought Seth did a good job. One, I was just happy he at least mentioned Triple H. Like I'm done pretending that he's not. He hasn't played a part in this. Um, I like that he said what he did to Chris Jericho was a message to Triple H. I like that he said to get to Triple H, what he has to do is beat Kevin Owens for the Universal Championship, and he had to remove Jericho. Um, I don't know. I, I like what Seth did at the beginning. I like that Seth challenged him. He said, you know, I already beat you. But I don't quite know where it's going. They eventually bring the big show out, who won. The Slim Show. The Slim Show. Yeah, down The first time in, I think, a decade he's under 400 pounds. Good for him. He looked good. Um, he looked like a poor man's me, I guess I would say. Uh, but, I don't know. I liked Owens basically trying to mend fences with Chris Jericho. So good. You know, I, I, I booked matches. I, bo- I I got Stephanie to book matches. You know, Jericho against Seth at Roadblock. Actually, three gifts. The gifts of, Jer- the, yeah. the gifts of Jericho. <laughs> we said, drink it in, bro. And what did he say? He said, drink it in, dude. Oh, drink it in, dude. <laughs> but Big Show comes out. He's supposed to be the heel in this situation. But he comes out smiling and waving. Shaking hands. <laughs> kissing babies. He, he obviously... You know, choke slams KO over the rope and leaves him for Seth the pedigree. I don't know that that really moved anything forward. Um, I did enjoy seeing KO finally take the pedigree instead of Jericho for once. I don't know, Ayla. What do you feel? How do you feel about what they're doing at the top? Because it seems a little muddled to me. All right. You haven't seen. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in real quick. Um, yeah. I, you know, this is kind of really far fetched and it's. Not gonna happen. It's one of those things you obviously know they're just pushing off this storyline for as long as they possibly can. Um, however, how awesome would it be if you know Triple H is always at these NXT shows and if Rons could go jump in there? That'd be awesome. Not, not gonna happen, but if anyone is out there listening and could get that pass, it would just be it would be so good. Well, but we at the same time, to cut you off, but you just said it's not gonna happen. We do have some, a little bit of evidence over the last ten and a half months that someone may be listening to the show. So maybe you just gave them an idea that they hadn't thought of yet. It seems like they're always listening to my ideas. So <laughs> Go ahead, though. I'm sorry, man. I cut you off. No, I mean, either way, it's one of those things. It's, you know, where are they really going to go? 
you know, it's obvious Jericho and Rollins is just going to be kind of like a, a filler until the Rumble. It seems like at the Rumble, I think during the Rumble match, Rollins will probably be in the match, and that's when Triple H will come out. I think he'll screw him at the match. He'll, he'll screw him like uh, Kane screwed Punk in his last match. Well, well, actually screw him and not do like Roman Reigns and, and beat him clean. <laughs> so stupid. That's, that's all, you had, all you had to do was, was have your, all your guys throw him off the ring. That's all you had to do. I'll, I'll, I'll leave that alone. Mm-hmm. Now I'll get to this, this whole Rollins, Jericho, Owens, Reigns thing. I like to actually acknowledge it, but Triple H screwed you in September. So why are you going back to something September that you haven't mentioned? But you, you've mentioned it, but you mentioned it sparingly over the last three months. Don't, when they do this, it's... Okay, well, let me go back to this whole Rollins-Jericho thing. Jericho screwed you at the Universal title twice. He should be your main focus. You shouldn't go back and fo- back to this whole Triple H well back and forth. The only reason they do this is because they have no idea what to do leading up to the, on these shows. They have, they have no idea what to do. It's like, okay, so just go, be- go, back up, go back out there and murder the Triple H thing. Don't bring it back up sparingly. If you want to bring Triple H up, make measure him every single week. It doesn't have to be a lot. Just mention his name. You don't have to go back three every once a month and mention Triple H. Will you feel differently if for the next month he does bring it up all the time? He probably will because he said, I have to beat Owens and Jericho to get the Triple H. So he's probably a little because it's almost rumble time. So he's going to talk about it more than ever because like, like, like Eric said, I have Triple H causing throwing out Rollins in the Rumble. He won't be in the Rumble, but I think he interfered in those Rollins out of the Rumble to set up that to set up that match. But don't bring him up sparingly. Bring him up all the time. Keep him keep him out there because the thing is this is happening in September. So they want people they think people forgot about this stuff. We didn't forget. We still had no answer any questions. Ste- Stephanie is married Triple H. Stephanie, you're not gonna ask your husband why you did this. Mm-hmm. We got no answer. Steph all Stephanie did was come down to the ramp. That's all she ever did. That's all she ever did. She did nothing about it. So this story, I it, he's still making Jericho focus, but don't bring up Triple H. I was just happy that they they finally at least mentioned it. Yeah, but two like it happened in September. He brought it up for a few few weeks. Leaning for Clash Champions, Hell in a Cell wasn't with Triple H. November is about Survivor Series, and now you bring up Triple H again three months later. I mean, yes. Does it make sense that it's taking them this long to get to it? No. But at least they're finally getting to it. Uh, the thing I didn't like about this was we got Owens and Zayn again in something that was meaningless. Like, wasn't weren't they supposed to be done with each other after Battleground, right? Yep. And now we just get a throwaway match on. It was a good match. I mean, yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought both guys were great. I, I mean, even the the ending. I mean, it was a pop up power bomb out of nowhere, and then the way he just collapsed on him for the pin. That was great, great match. But it didn't mean anything. It was just a throw in. That I don't think they should have done. Uh, one of the gifts to Jericho was that he got a match against Roman. Obviously, KO comes out to try to help him. And in a way, may have cost him the match. He didn't directly cost him the match. But Jericho loses to Roman. So we have Jericho in a match with Seth at Roadblock. We have a world title match. Owens versus Reigns. I don't know. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious Rollins is going to beat Jericho. I don't see any reason for Jericho to beat Rollins. Unless they're finally ready to have Jericho against Owens, but then that would mean Owens beats beats Roman. 
Do you think you still think that by the time Roadblock comes around, Owens and Jericho are on the same page? I think because the way I think, I think Jericho because Owens is doing everything in his power to forgive. Well, to get Jericho to forgive him. And he kept saying, Owens oh, oh, keeps saying, well, best friends fight all the time. Like, he even had a line saying stuff. Best friends fight all, fight all the time. But you don't make up with your best friends. You screw your best friends. Because mm-hmm. he broke, he, how he broke up the yeah, shield. you called them your brothers. Yeah, you, and you, you broke up the shield. You screwed them the first chance you got. Yeah. So, I have a feeling that Jericho's going to come around and actually help Owens retain the title. But also, in the back of my head, it's like, okay, Reigns and Owens are fighting on house shows. For the U.S. title, and Reigns was Reigns has been winning. Yeah. So the house shows are always like rehearsal for what's going to happen in the in the pay per view. So it's like okay, Reigns has been running winning on house shows. So that means he's going to win the universal title at Roadblock. I don't know what to think. I'm not ready to think about that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, women's women's division. Alo, I know you got some thoughts on this. So before we get to your thoughts, first thing I want to do is get to a listener question from good friend of the show, <laughs> Joey Laugh. Is the women's title the main title on Raw? Eric, you want to take that first? At the moment, yes. You don't even have a hesitation there that it's the main title on Raw. Well, it's been main eventing the show. Mm -hmm. They look the same. True. Alo? Okay. So. It's had a longer history. Sorry, cut you off. Uh, All right. I think Sarah, how to explain this? I want to say no. It seems to be, but it depends who has the main title. Because I go back to what Punk was saying, how the main, the champion should be in the main event. Have the main title. Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm saying the the world title, the main the the big title on the show. Because like Punk kept Punk always said, it didn't feel like it was a champion because he only main event the pay per views when he fought when he faced Cena. Same. I can even go back to when Kurt Angle had the title. Kurt Angle was the fourth most important guy on the show when he was the WWE, the WWE champion because Triple H was above him, the um, Stone Cold was above him, and The Rock was above him. You could make an argument for The Undertaker because when Kurt Angle was the world champion, he only main evented because he was facing, like, he had the Armageddon Hell in the Cell, and he faced The Rock. The only time he two times the main event, when he fought Taker in 2000 Survivor Series, he didn't main event. He was in, he was in the middle of the car yeah. in the Royal Rumble match. Royal Rumble, he was in the he was he wasn't the main event of that show. So the only time he, he was in the main event when he faced important people, same thing would happen with Punk. And this is the same situation that Owens is in because Owens isn't one of Vince's guys. He, Roman Reigns is Vince's guy on, on Raw, in, in Rollins. So those guys will main event Raw. But Vince is behind this whole women's thing with the women's title. I agree. I do think, so one, Eric made the point that Universal Championship has only been around since SummerSlam. There's no real history with it. Some people even still find the name of it kind of weird. I think the women's championship, one, they've tried to build this up as this is the most important women's feud that wrestling's ever seen. So I do think that that has been that has elevated that belt to being the main title on Raw, at least for the time being. And I think it's probably going to be that way at least through the rest of the year. Um, so I, I would agree with that statement. I don't even know if Laugh thinks that, but as a question, I'm, I think that it has become the main title on the main show. Yeah, that's what I've done, because it's not on Vince's guy. If it was on Roman, it would be the main title, because it's like, like I said, Vince has his guys, and even if you're not hit one of his guys and you don't get the title, you've been, it's easily, you're easily proven to not be that important or to be in the main event. It's happened plenty of times. Right. Um, so, 
what happened with the women. Sasha had a quick interview, saying that match took everything out of her. Walked straight into Charlotte's kingdom, walked right out with the crown, and then she challenges Charlotte to an Iron Man match. Which I think was weird. I feel like Charlotte should be the one making the challenge to get her title back. But we had the much-hyped segment of Charlotte's public apology to her father, Ric Flair. She says that uh, it hurt her to see her dad congratulate Sasha. That he looked at her like she was everything that he wanted her to be. Uh, It broke her heart. Rick comes out. She apologizes to him and then slaps him. Sasha comes out and Charlotte decimates Sasha, mocking her the whole time. First of all, who cries more on TV, Sasha Banks or Ric Flair? <laughs> or is it a push? It's just a toss-up. Nobody. No, uh, well, no, 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 you know those flares cried. The, well, Sasha's too. Who knows? Yeah. I go with Flair for longevity. Yeah. Right. He gets the, uh, the Lifetime Achievement yeah, yeah. Award on crying on TV. Definitely Lifetime. Um, I, I search a GIF of him crying whenever I, I need to send someone an emotional tweet. <laughs> what did you guys think of... This segment last night, or on Monday night, I'm sorry. Eric? I thought it was great, and it's just another one of those things that overputs how great Charlotte is. Top to bottom, I mean, with how she is as a heel, it, you know, what more is there to say? Um, I said this about a month ago, and again, I know you're one of Sasha's biggest fans. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of her, I think she's great. I think it's a great yet extremely misused character on the main roster. They're not letting her. I wish they would just let her go with the reins and let her do whatever she wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, however, in my opinion at this point, Charlotte's better by leaps and bounds. I wouldn't disagree with that. She's definitely... I mean, we're almost going on a year now. In January last year is when she started really coming into her own. And then month after month, she just kept getting better and better and better. And she's still doing it. Um, I like this because it wasn't... She didn't just come out, I want my rematch, like what seems to happen with these two. She basically sets up her dad to just smack him down again. And then just drag Sasha all over the ring. Making fun of her the whole time, saying to her dad, that's your champion dad, that's your girl. Like, that's, you know, good job, Sasha, just making fun of her the whole time. It's almost like there's something personal between them. And I don't know if both of you watched the unsanctioned with Sharhova, mm-hmm. but she made the comment that she felt like the SummerSlam match, Charlotte kind of went into business for herself because she thinks she has personal issues with Sasha Banks. Yeah, I remember there was some spot, like uh, sloppy spots there where mm-hmm. I thought that, but... Well, Ron knows there were some sloppy spots. <laughs> you weren't sitting next to him. <laughs> what the hell was he that? He did that on purpose. <laughs> What the hell is that? She just dropped on her head. <laughs> well, that leads me to another question uh, from friend of the show, Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd. Do you think Charlotte's promo is coming from a real place based on how she feels about her dad and how beloved Sasha is? So this is now, this kind of almost those two things converge. Shar uh, made that comment about she thinks that Charlotte actually has a problem with Sasha. I can't wait to read the book. Yeah, I, I might actually uh, buy that book. Me too. Uh, and I remember making mention of this when Charlotte actually turned on Rick the first time. That promo, 
that she basically was doing a shoot on her childhood. Yeah. So I, I do think both, in both senses, there's a a realism there. Like she, there probably is some resentment she has for Sasha for how beloved she is. There is some resentment she has for her father. For obviously his career came first. So I do think, and I think that's part of what makes it so good, is a lot of it is based in reality. It's just turned all the way up. So that's my answer to that. I don't know. Eric, you want to answer it next? I don't think it's, uh, I don't think necessarily that promo or anything was a mix of the two of just like her, her jealousy. I think there's no doubt in my mind at this point she knows how good she is. And I think it's just one thing. I know at the end of the day, I, I listen to Flair's podcast a little bit lately. <laughs> he, I mean, he's barely on it. However, at the end of the day, you know, there's his a, a co-host host. is horrible. I, he's not as good as Arco. No. <laughs> However, there there are some things you can just tell how much Rick loves his daughter, and you got to know he's pumping that in her head any chance he gets. He thinks he thinks she's better than he ever was, so she knows she's good. And you can't, I mean, their match two weeks ago in Raw was phenomenal. Phenomenal. And just certain risks they're taking, certain spots. I mean, the way people are freaking out, the reactions they're getting. They've main evented Raw multiple times. They're, they've main evented a pay-per-view. So at the end of the day, she knows she's good. I do think a couple months ago, that original thing with, with, with her dad, I think that was, you know, a shooter in her childhood. But I don't think this comes to any jealousy with Sasha at all. No, what about you, Ayla? Well... Uh, well, growing up, this probably has happened normally. So this is basically nothing. Growing up like that, everybody can kind of relate to that it, to an extent. So this promo, this promo was actually a, a shoot, but they probably had this conversation numerous times. But I don't think there's nothing against nothing against Sasha. But like I said, until that, like I said, Charlotte made the comments that she thinks Charlotte went into business for herself, and we heard Sasha make comments about. Charlotte not wanting to acknowledge that Ric Flair's her daughter and she's getting her opportunity because she is Ric's daughter. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm more really interested in actually reading that book and hearing things from that book because you're going to hear Charlotte's point of view and then you take from what Sasha said and then hear Charlotte's point of view. Now, were you done about talking about the promo and stuff? Yeah. Okay, well, I thought this promo was excellent because Charlotte, she sold it as like she really wanted to apologize, yeah. and she was a a hurt, emotional, emotional. When he came out, when she, when Rick came out, she was smiling and happy to see him because per kayfabe, this is actually the first this, yeah first time they've seen each other in months. In months per kayfabe, <laughs> so it's like okay, maybe she's actually want to apologize today and, and be uh, a heel and actually try to get him back on her side to regain the women's title. But she turned down right. Right, that really quick after the hug, you gotta give it to Flair for selling that slap because he oh my gosh, sold it like a champ. <laughs> Even Andrew was like, "Oh my God, is he hurt?" Because oh God Almighty, God, I, God Almighty, I felt for him. That, like, he sold it like a champ, and Charlotte was so good. It's like you son of a bitch, and how how can you choose your own flesh and blood? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, imagine she, Valentina smacking me like that. I know she will wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so not up for debate. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that in a few years. <laughs> but um, like just, like, just a few. Yeah, just, just her saying, uh, you, how, how can you choose her over your own flesh and blood? I thought that was great. Now my biggest gripe is with, I'm going, I'm I'm going, I'm going in vintage patch mode. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna cut a promo on the fans. Go ahead. Okay. What is a rivalry? A rivalry is two competitors 
having managers throughout their entire career. It does not matter when it happens because, for example, the greatest, your great, your your, your favorite superstars of all time, they've had rubbers, they've each other more times in a row than Sasha and Charlotte have. It happened all the time. It happened in the ads, whoever. It happened. Before the attitude era, it happened before then too. Ric Flair wrestled the same person all the time. How many times have you seen Flair and Sting? How many times have you seen Austin Rock? How many times have you seen Triple H Rock? How many times have you seen? How many times have you seen Jericho? I mean Jericho Benoit. How many times have you seen Angle Benoit? How many times have you seen it? You see it all the time. People keep saying, "Oh, this is Cena or 2.0." This is what rivalries are. And and just because it's an Iron match doesn't mean don't start talking about oh well, Bailey's a true Iron Woman. There's gonna be more than one Iron Man match for women in WWE history. So there's not only one Iron Woman. Stop comparing to Bella. I understand you want to see more different, more storylines out of Raw than Raw than what they're giving. They're giving you the same thing over and over again. But this is what a rivalry really is. Trish and Lita fit each other a million times as well. But but the fact that social media is around, they, they want to have a right to complain. So you're going to complain when every, basically all these matches, the stakes have been elevated. The matches have gotten better. We were there for the SummerSlam match. We weren't the biggest fans of the SummerSlam match. It wasn't that bad, but we were there in person, so it took away from. We saw the mess ups and the flops, mm-hmm. so it took away from it. Away from it, you rewatch it. It wasn't actually that bad. We saw the the, the match at the Clash of Champions. Sasha regained the title. Hell in a Cell. They some um, Charlotte regained the title. Great match. The falls count anywhere. Sasha regained the title. Excellent match. They up the ante every time. So after this, Iron, so you're gonna, so you're gonna excuse my language. You're gonna shit on this Iron Man match before it starts. But when it's done, you're gonna be like, oh, this match is awesome. Match of the year. Match yeah. of the year. Match of the year. Every time these women have a match, you're like, oh, match of the year. But you want to complain now? Oh, I don't want to see this. But you're going to be like, oh, match of the year. Makes no sense. That, uh, this is what a career-long rivalry is. Do people want it to end? Yes. But this is what a rivalry is. So do you think somebody will walk out of that arena at Roebuck and say, oh, my gosh, who would have thought the <laughs> Iron Man match between Charlotte and Sasha Banks would be match of the night? Exactly. And NXT and WWE, they are two different entities because they never mention NXT. Mm-hmm. So in WWE, this is the first WWE Women's Iron Man match. I, People keep saying, oh, Bailey this, Bailey that. So what if a Bailey? Bailey will get her time. You also can't take that away from Bailey. That already happened. She's exactly. already gotten credit for it. She's already gotten accolades from it. That propelled her to the best women's title reign in NXT up to this point. Exactly. And then another thing is, before we started the show, we were talking about LeBron James mm-hmm. and his, and his, and how we need to appreciate his greatness. And I was like, okay. I was like, before I started the show, I wasn't the biggest LeBron fan, but... After a while, even John Cena, after a while, I was like, okay, why do I hate this guy? Appreciate the greatness because these matches are are going to have been all excellent, mm-hmm. and they're all in in the women's division for the women's match of the year. Most of it's mostly filled with Sasha Charlotte. I had to take some out because I didn't want to be filled with Sasha mm-hmm. and Charlotte. <laughs> and then you want this damn revolution, a women's revolution, and now you're complaining about it. And believe it or not, Vince, I remember the lead up the backlash 2002. With Triple H versus Hogan, Vince cut a backstage promo saying, "I know what the people want more than they do," yeah. and I think he's right. We <laughs> we destroyed Vince all the time on this show, saying he doesn't know things. But honestly, I think the guy's right a lot of the time because we wanted Damian Sandow. Now you have TNA, and he has filled it out completely. Nobody cares about the guy anymore. Cody Rhodes, he's on the independent scene. He just he just started. His TNA stuff wasn't that great. He's a ring of honor now. Rumors, he joined the Bullet Club. We don't know yet. He just turned heel on Jay Lethal. We don't know what's gonna happen yet. But Vince Vince has said Vince has said that I've heard I've heard Vince say that, and it's proven to be facts a lot a lot of the time. So 
Stop. You want revolution. Vince is actually behind this because he's putting them in the main event on his show. Mm-hmm. Raw is his flagship show. He's putting them in the damn main event. Thank you, best friend. He's putting him in the main event <laughs> twice now in the ending segment, and he main event, they main event a pay-per-view. So what is your problem? Well, the problem is this. One, you hit the problem, the nail right on the head with social media. Social media has allowed everyone to think that their opinion holds weight. You know, I can send my opinion out to hundreds of thousands of people. So, I think that's a big part of it. You know, people back in 1998, if they had a problem with Stone Cold winning all the time, their only recourse was to go on message boards. And you didn't hear it. You know, it wasn't that big. Now, you're... You're on Twitter, you're on Facebook, all these things. People Podcast. Podcast, <laughs> correct. You you feel like your opinion holds more weight and no, we should be dictating to you what should be yeah. happening. And this is Nobody's why he's willing to go along for the ride. And this is why we don't get nice things. Because yeah. you <laughs> they give you what you want, you complain and like, okay, and then, then they rebuttal. Right. The other the other issue is um, I think people just have their favorites, but the idea of Oh no, Bailey's re- the real Iron Woman. It's like the ladder match didn't stop with Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. Like we get ladder matches from time to time. The Iron Man match for women, you would want it to happen more because that means now they have officially arrived. Exactly. Like when it's when it's not a novelty anymore, that's when you know they've gotten onto a level playing field. Uh, anything anybody else want to say about the women's division? Matt, this is going this match is going to be excellent. Stop complaining. Correct. Uh, tag team division. Get better. <laughs> Gallows and Anderson, Sheamus and Cesaro, number one contender match. Uh, New Day at ringside. New Day gets involved in a brawl, causes an end to the match. Is this going to be a triple threat match yeah. this week? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was correct what I read. Any chance New Day comes up just short of the record? They'll win. I, this is the thing with this whole thing. I was like, okay, they interfered. So it's gonna be a triple threat match. Now, they could do what they, they could have done what they did with Nikki Bella when she faced Charlotte the, week, the night her reign was gonna become official and have her get disqualified. But it's a triple threat match now. You can't do that. And both the two teams that are contending for the titles, they're in they're in this match. So you can't they knew they can't get disqualified. So only that. And the thing is, even if they cheat, it's not really considered cheating. Right. Unless 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 Woods or Xavier gets involved mm-hmm. in a match. You could say, okay, you screw shit. Because we all know Sheamus and Cesaro are going to be the guys to take the belt off the new day. So maybe Xavier or Kofi interfere and actually cost in the match, but they won't really won't be seen as a disqualification. Mm-hmm. Eck, you think there's any chance New Day comes up just short of the record? I, I, there's always a chance. Um, it, it could be one of those things where, you know, let's say Sheamus, you know, pins someone from. Uh, the Bullet Club or one of the members of the club pins Seamus Cesaro but at the end of the day I, I don't know it could be uh, at the end of the day I don't, I don't see it happening but there's always a possibility yeah my feeling is you made such a big deal about this record why have not come up just short something to talk about I guess but it's all I guess it's uh, you're right it is something to talk about if they come up just short I just feel like they want to they want to hype these little things like oh this person's the longest reigning this I feel like that's the way they're going to go with it. Uh, also in the tag team division, one of the stories we talked about that ran almost the length of the entire episode was 
the whole Enzo Lana Rusev. <laughs> oh my god! I I, I I didn't know if that was Enzo, my best friend over here, because I, <laughs> I could have sworn he's had yep. nights like this. <laughs> I, I've had more than one night like that, and I will tell you what. Well, never mind. When I say like that, I've been in that situation. There's never been the boyfriend in the bathroom. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I felt for Enzo because there's been many times where I went to those rooms, hotel rooms, houses, boyfriend's houses, and I got there and, are you sure he's not here? Are you sure? Like, eh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I should be leaving. And I ain't <laughs> never leave. I ain't never get caught, but... Did poor, you, poor guy. Did you get not touch your space jams too? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say that I he liked... had took them off prior. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he took them off prior. Oh, yeah, okay. But but is uh it is like they uh they said you you never you never gonna get any unless you take a shot. So I ain't mad at him for taking the shot. Well, I'd have done the same thing. Yeah. What I'll say that I liked about this is one I liked that Cass was telling him like just don't don't even bother with this. This is trouble. You don't want to mess with it. But Enzo just couldn't resist. That, that was Izzy talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just skip it. I liked Rusev saying to Cass something about that little Enzio, like that he even pronounced his name wrong I thought was good. The little segment with Flair and Enzo was great where Flair... That was awesome. Almost like a passing of the torch <laughs> in a way. And I liked that because Enzo is still supposed to be the baby face. I liked that he ultimately had second thoughts about it. Like, I shouldn't be doing this. I have to leave. Obviously, I think we all knew it was going to be a trap. The realization on Cass's face when he knows, like, oh, wait a minute. Well, I like he actually tried to call Enzo and not run backstage. Because mm-hmm. any other time they would run backstage. Yeah, no. I, I thought that they did a really good job. Now, I know some people didn't like this segment. Some people thought it was corny. Some of it was. But one, they're taking a chance. They're doing something a little different. Uh, they're pushing the envelope a little bit. And I thought it actually gave a chance for each one of these characters to shine in a way. The thing I liked about it, yeah, because you know you saw t- the tough guy of Cass come out. The thing I did like about it was I, I I didn't think nothing was bad about it. Everything seemed very realistic. I mean, at the end of the day, you, you saw the immediate thing backstage. You know, Lana was getting disrespected, and then she starts flirting with Enzo and. You have seen her flirt with other guys. The Rock, Ziggler, I'm sure there's been more. So, you know, Enzo was seen naked by her the week before. So it's like, okay, cool. Enzo's like, all right, cool, I got a chance. And you're almost like, geez, man, you know, girls about to toss it up. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I thought it was a good segment. I, and, again, I like that they took a chance. I like how she sent a selfie to him. Yeah. I've had them sending me selfies before <laughs> I went and got that around there, too. <laughs> Yeah, I thought this was a good segment. I thought it did a good job to build this feud a little bit more. Um, cruiserweights, we got the first appearance on Raw of the outlandish Rich Swan. I couldn't think of it last week, what ridiculous oh, nickname they gave him. Against Perkins. I thought this was a fun match. I liked the finish to it. The uh, the spinning kick off of the springboard. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Jack Gallagher's debut against Arya Davari. Got a reaction. He did. I think Gallagher is a lot of fun. I like that Davari kind of took him out after the match. So maybe with the introduction of some new cruiserweight talent, it will take off on Raw a little bit. Either of you think that's a possibility? Well, they actually showed a vignette, a vignette for Gallagher. I was mm-hmm. shocked at that because they haven't done it with anybody else. But 
I kind of want to see somebody lose another. I, I want to see somebody on the ring other than Davari. Davari just takes pinball all the time. He does. Uh, Eck, do you think that there's a chance that the cruiserweight division takes off a little bit with some new talent coming in? I, I do think as it you know gets bigger, I do think there is a chance. I'm here's one thing. I know you haven't actually watched um, mm-hmm. Two Hundred Five Live. I'm not gonna lie. I yesterday and the original week. I've watched it while doing stuff in the background, and I normally always miss the main event. Really? Um, so, I, so I didn't get to see how the championship match ended the first week, and I didn't get to see how the, the rematch ended. Um, you and I can complain all the time about these commentary teams oh and about how there's too many of them. Austin Aries... We need to forgive him. Is... <laughs> I get you. Sorry for my language. He's fucking gold on commentary. So fucking gold. We need we we, we need to work, forgive him because he is. Is he just commentary or is he a guest commentary? commentary? He's full time. Oh, and he's actually saying that he's going for the cruiserweight championship when he's recovered. So good. He is a monster. <laughs> he makes JBL look like Michael Cole. <laughs> With all due respect, JBL. That may be a little dramatic. <laughs> no, no, it might not. He is so good. T.J. Perkins came out to be a guest comment mm-hmm. uh, commentator. Oh no! Or in the main event, he ate him alive. <laughs> he treated him like dog shit. And I'm not exaggerating. He put him down. He was like, "Oh well, let's not disrespect this match, my boy." Rich. I'm, I'm not disrespecting anyone but you. <laughs> Murdered him. Uh, well, I hope that it means good things for the division. And I'm just thinking, you know, when all, you know, when all scenarios gets in there, we, we everyone's complained that there's really just um, Brian Kendrick with a character, and no one else really has a character. Well, all scenarios gets in the mix. That's a character. So good. Well, and he's established. He's around. exactly. That's why. Is. That's why they need to put the the former two time U.S. champion Kalisto, and they need to put the former two time NXT tag champion uh, Neville in there. Oh, all scenarios yeah. so good. Well, other thing that happened on Raw, Mark Henry got a win over Titus. The long match. Uh, <laughs> we had another listener question from the, the Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd, no relation. Did you guys notice that Mark Henry is probably the only person to win in his hometown this year on Raw? The savvy vet. Gotta yeah. put him over. I did not put that together. I didn't really think about it, but that's true. He doesn't win anywhere else. Yeah, so everybody else loses in their hometown, but he only wins in his hometown. NXT, another one. in his contract. Yeah, NXT, another week I didn't get to watch it. Is it worth going back to watch? Is there anything I need to see? Well, this was a, um, on a, this was before a, sm- a, a SmackDown mm-hmm. taping. So not much happened, but we already know Nakamura regained the NXT title in Japan. And now next week on NXT, him and Joe are going to have the rematch inside a steel cage in Melbourne, Australia. I already kind of know what's going to happen because the new... Per spoilers, the new number one contender for NXT takeover, TakeOver San Antonio has been determined. It's, there's a set of matches on But on a Wednesday, we're getting a, a cage match? Yeah. That's cool. The, the, um, the and the next takeover is a Wednesday. Not to cut you off, that's right. Is it? But, yeah, that's what I, I believe well, it, I read. I, no, it's, it, I, think it's, 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 I think it's Royal Rumble weekend. Cause it's, it's I think it's San the Antonio. Wednesday before. Um, I, I'm not sure. Which I, I love that about the original uh, takeover events when they were on Wednesdays. Yeah, yeah I'm not Hermes and sure, but... But we know, but um, Eric Young he defeated No Way Jose in that match. Nikki Cross, I like her unpredictability mm-hmm. factor because she attacked 
No way, Jose by herself. They were leaving the rank. They were leaving to go back to Nikki Cross went out by herself to just attack, attack No Way Jose. Samoa Joe defeated Ty Dillinger, and then Oscar defeated. I, I can't remember who she actually fixed. They didn't give her an entrance, but she got a victory. And then she cut her promo saying, "There's no competition left." Okay, so nothing too exciting. Nothing that needs to be seen. Yeah. Two hundred five live. We already discussed. Yeah. We go. Already, we go. You guys can already guess who the number one contender actually came out to be. Yeah, I heard he's glorious. <laughs> Do we have any other listener questions? Anything else anybody wants to add? Nope, that's it for tonight. Heck, anything you want to add before we get out of here? I love you guys. <laughs> we love you too. It's good to have you back. You were missed last week. Uh, Alo, you have anything you want to add before we get out of here? Tell your friends to get with our friends. If we could be friends, we do this every Wednesday night. Five star, five star, five star, five star, five star. Reviews on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter, Matt Madness Pod. Instagram, Podcast, And Facebook on Matt Madness. That is the show for this week. For Ect2Fly, Eric Trembicki. Adios. For the voice that runs the place. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live. Is there another one? The European champion. My best Four. friend. You need to start the writing European this down. Champion, you're right, I do. Uh, Alo, Aaron Lloyd from Newcastle, Australia. I am Ron Pashery. We will see you next week. Hop on the top rope by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the basement man, it ain't safe to land. Off the cell, fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.